Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And this week we have a special guest in at Kusa F5, if I have the handle right, F5, Kusa, excuse me, and Thomas. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Doing well, except for having immediately messed up your Twitter handle. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> It's okay. I get called much worse. It's been a while since you've messed up ours, so you might as well mess up the guests. <laughs> yeah, this one's easier, too. You'd think, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so we may have seen you around Twitter. Thomas, you want to tell us uh, what exactly you do? Yeah, so basically I, I uh, hooked up with Nick. It was a really um, hard process for him to select somebody for Conference USA Twitter account for F- Forgotten Five. He was basically like, is there anybody out there that wants to do this? And <laughs> I was like, I could do this. And he's like, is there anybody else out there? And then, it, and then <laughs> there, here I am. Um, so basically I just joined up. I'm just trying to, it's just kind of fun. I enjoy Conference USA. I was a, a former Conference USA One member back a long time ago when Charlotte actually had good sports. And uh, so it's fun for me because I just kind of enjoy watching the whole the whole shenanigans and my brother being a app state grad it's i'd say it's fun to make fun of him but they just get the goose on us every time so so wait there are actually charlotte fans there are actually charlotte fans there's agent <laughs> 49 and then there's me okay uh, all right and so then, we know yeah. both of them we're we're two for two <laughs> you're two for two well, except for that, of course, he didn't respond to your tweet last time. So, or your, your oh yeah, well, yeah, maybe we don't actually know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, we we had out on our message board many years ago, and then most of them have disappeared in the meantime. Uh, and uh, I'd say we have bandwagon fans, but that would involve having fans, so we don't have that either. And a bandwagon. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we do have a, an ambulance that was converted into a bar, though. That's oh, pretty man. cool. Wait, I'm turning around on this. Hold on. I I live an hour from Charlotte. I'm like in your demographic here. Maybe maybe I could become a Charlotte fan. Oh, we never play in any sports, so we might as well. I wouldn't feel bad for rooting for them. Well, I just, for me, it's just fun because when App State plays against Charlotte, you have the Battle of the Hobos because both mascots are just homeless men. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think I saw that when I was in Portland last year. <laughs> Pretty much. Dang. Alienating our Portland, Oregon fan base here. We're, we're 0 for 2 there. <laughs> But yeah, so besides Charlotte, you work on the the Kusa Forgotten Five, uh, the Twitter account there. But for people who don't know, what really is Forgotten Five? It's basically just Nick yelling and ranting. No, um, it's <laughs> it's uh, basically just getting the group five group of five um, people talking about them. I mean, between the Sun Belt Conference USA, Mac, there's just I mean, as far as national coverage, there's just not much. I mean, you guys have your fan bases. Y'all have a really strong fan base. Uh, Marshall has a good one there. Um, you've Marshall's got Troy. Crazy. Marshalls is crazy. I have at least one guy that just despises me and goes after me every time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's little pockets of fans, but there's not like a group uh, kind of pushing for it. Whereas the power conferences each have, you know, individual conference coverage. They have their own networks. They have, you know, basically the whole media talking about them. And so it's just a platform to try and get information out there so that that there can at least be somebody talking about us. And so hopefully, you know, down the road when we have a school go like App State did, go 11-1, and one, maybe not blow it to Georgia Southern, can squeak in there and uh, get snubbed for the last spot. That'd be yeah. mighty nice. Would love, would love to see it. Would love to be mad about that. Yes. <laughs> Especially that team was tech, right? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you guys would, of course, get <laughs> – you'd be 
actually in the top four going into the final game, and then you'd be up 21 going into the fourth. And then oh, yeah. one, right? <laughs> Let me be yeah. clear. I'd be happy if it was anybody but UAB and so. Yes. What about Monroe? That, who? What? That, that commuter school? Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're, we're, we're being real here. Come on. <laughs> I honestly forgot. I took a second to remember what school was in Monroe. I've, <laughs> I've been out of Louisiana a little too long, I think. <laughs> yeah. So your job is to cover Conference USA as a whole from that Twitter account. Mm-hmm. We kind of see everything from the tech perspective pretty biased and obviously was right. it like covering conference USA as a whole without trying to pull favors from one team or another? You know, Unless you it, do it, do that. And then I do, I do. I try and Well, actually I end up, uh, everyone thinks that I'm a Louisiana tech fan. Cause I end up retweeting y'all or Southern Miss. So, um, but it's just hey. cause you guys are active and you know, it's just, you know, for me, it's like, I do like to try and get, you know, rice involved and you know, they, they have, um, uh, I can't remember the name of their handle. The the roost, the roost, uh, yeah, really good. You know, and and you got Marshall. FAU has a couple of good people covering them. Uh, UTEP actually has some fun people covering them. North Texas has some fun stuff. It's just like for me, kind of as a whole, it's a neat conference because it's so spread out, and you have such a range of of schools. I mean, you have anywhere from seven thousand kids at a private school in Houston, Texas, up to almost sixty thousand. Uh, at Florida International, and and it's just it's it's amazing how how spread out it is. And then you have the weird ones like Charlotte, uh, ODU. They're, they're kind of like outliers, right? And you're like, why are they here? Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, ODU I think feels that the most. Conference, you know, with Charlotte, just because we have the history of being in Conference USA back when it was just a dominant basketball conference, it's a little different. But it's an interesting mix. I mean, UAB's been there forever. Um, I was just found out yesterday that Middle Tennessee State is literally the geographic uh, center of Tennessee. Um, yep. So there's your fun fact for the day. I, I used to live about 100 feet from the geographical center of Tennessee marker that they have in Murfreesboro. I'm, so I'm know, so when sorry. I went, when I went there for grad school. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know if I've said that on the show. I went to I went to MTSU for grad school, so he's actually a, a secret MTSU fan. Uh-oh. Oh yes, it's down now, Uh-oh. dude. I I have probably never been more angry at a tech game than I was when Tech blew a twenty-seven to seven lead when I was at MTSU watching <laughs> them then lose. Yeah, and they they went for it on fourth and goal at the end of the game and just like threw the ball away. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I here? Anyway, oh God. Yeah. So no, I don't like MTSU at all. Sports wise. <laughs> Let me clarify. My degree is great. <laughs> Hire me. people. Right. <laughs> but no, I mean, Conference USA is a fun conference. I, I grew up uh, on the ACC side of it. My parents coached at Duke. Uh, my mom actually coached at Duke and Carolina and Virginia. And so. Oh, wow. Wow. I, yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, my athletic accomplishments pale. Quite, quite a bit to my parents. Um, until, until Forgotten Five blows up and becomes the next ESPN, and then you're on top of the world. That's that's exactly right. Nick can fight with Scott Van Pelt again. That was that was my favorite uh, ever thing was him going after Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt responding, which I thought was kind of fun. Well, what was that about, actually? Yeah, what's the story there? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, this. just because he pushes so much for UCF. Uh, and basically, um, uh, Van Pelt was like, they, they don't deserve to make it to the championship. Their, uh, their schedule sucks. Their conference sucks, which, I mean, 
we can't say anything in Conference USA to that, but uh, you know, it, it was just a fun argument. And I thought, I think Nick makes really good points, and he's a really smart guy. It's really hard though when you're fighting from such a, a lower pole. I mean, everyone looks at it and just goes, "They can't handle it," and it's always an excuse. UCF UCF beats Auburn, and it's like, well, you know, they were just disappointed because they didn't make it to this, or you know. Right. Uh, Anytime there's an upset, it's, oh, there's this reason. And, you know, it really just has to be consistent. But then what's UCF been? Consistent. And, uh, you know, I think think part of it, too, is that, I mean, I know they'll probably hate me for this, but UCF does have some obnoxious fans um, that do kind of push everybody the wrong way. But, I mean... I think that they kind of have to be brash and just kind of put their name out there to try and get the, the, and that's what we don't really have in conference USA is there's not that team that's knocking on the door. It'd be one thing if we fell behind the Sun Belt but had a team that was going 12 and one in football or 26 and four in basketball or something like that. But in reality, uh, we don't have one. And if we do the next year, it's not the same team. Right. Yeah. The coach is gone. The players are gone. Right. Right. And, you know, it's always going to be a stepping stone league. I really do think that. Uh, but, you know, it, until it implodes. And yeah. speaking of implodes. <laughs> That's right. That was uh, uh, really the main reason we wanted to have you on this week, because there was a lot of talk earlier in the week, and I guess a little bit of last week as well, about uh, mostly started with Old Dominion having to drop a, what was it, their wrestling program that they had to yeah. drop? And starting talk about the Kusa and the Sun Belt completely imploding and recombining and teams moving between the two. So you have more regionalized conferences. So from a tech perspective, I know we've been mostly against this. At least the fan base has been mostly against that because there's a air of superiority in Conference USA over the Sun Belt. But of course, from a neutral Conference USA standpoint, what are your thoughts about the whole idea just on the surface level? So, I mean, I look at it in two ways. Um, from a just a standpoint of sports, I really kind of like it the way it is. But when I look at it from a financial responsibility type standpoint, I mean, when you've got these schools that have to transport their well, not ODU doesn't have to transport their wrestling program, but uh, you know <laughs> your field hockey, your your soccer, all these uh, teams, and and you've got a team going from uh, Norfolk, Virginia, on the coast of Virginia, and they've got to go play in Denton, Texas, or San Antonio, or UTEP uh, in El Paso. I mean, that's a lot of cost there, and I do see benefit in having some regionalization, and there would be some natural rivalries. I mean, when I look at it, La Tech, who's your who, who's your top rival? In Conference USA. Southern Technically, Miss. Southern Miss, yeah. I, I mean, we, we all hate UAB more yeah. right now, but like historically, it'd be Southern that, Miss. That rivalry has a name, so. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so there there are a couple there, but when you look at it, I mean, who's UTEP's rival? Who's, you know, UTSA's rival? UTEP's um, rival is New Mexico State, right? And they're not even. Right. But in Conference yeah. USA, there's there's nothing there. I mean, they're, they're right. Yeah. You've got Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, right? I mean, but miles of hate. right. But there's there's just not a lot. Maybe we should pair up like UTEP and Old Dominion and and make them be Ooh. fierce rivals. <laughs> for like well, what was it? Uh, UConn and UCF created that uh, rivalry. <laughs> Civil conflict. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, but. You know, I mean, it. I mean, I think UTEP and Charlotte should actually have it. The Minor Niner Invitational. I mean, that's good. Oh, that'd be, that's good. That'd yeah. be good. <laughs> yes, I. I worked really hard on that. I just thought of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, I, I think from a you know standpoint of when you start combining the leagues, you do see some natural rivals start to emerge. I mean, there's no reason South Alabama and UAB can't have something going. There's no reason that Charlotte and 
uh, App State can't have something going or um, Coastal Carolina. I mean, there's just there's a lot of room for rivalries that I think could work out. But, you know, then it's like, do you do it from a I mean, I've seen it floated where you have four divisions. Um, you just basically throw them all in there. And wow. so I, I, I don't know. What do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'll jump first, I guess, and say that. I, as much as I think a lot of tech fans would hate it, I really kind of want to be in a conference with ULL. Not because I think they're any, that they're a better team or anything, because I think we've proven pretty defiantly over the, definitively (laughs) over the past few years that, (laughs) that we're the better team over ULL, but it would be nice to play them more. That, that, that is a, a rivalry that, True, it may elevate the prestige of Louisiana Lafayette or whatever we're afraid of. Are you, are you referring to Louisiana? Who? I don't Who? know what you're talking about. That's a state. <laughs> that is a complete state. You're, yeah. There are a lot of FBS schools in the state of Louisiana. Yes. <laughs> Too but many, even. Also, <laughs> if, if we're in the conference, we have some say over the media guide and we won't roll over as easily as ULM and letting them calling themselves whatever they want. Right. So. <laughs> that may also help put a stop to that. So honestly, but, they might not want to be in a conference with us because we would not <laughs> let that happen. So that that would actually be a, a really interesting fight to be like a, be a fly on the wall while they're trying to hash out what they can call themselves. That'd be funny. The only reason this merger never happens is because of that one stickler. <laughs> <laughs> Neither team ever gives in. Yeah, well, it's not like in the state next door. It's not like LSU can just come in and kill your football program, right? So we're we're in a different system academically. We're separated from from them. There's oh, the University of Louisiana system, Got which it. is basically school, almost all the Every schools school. except LSU yeah. and their satellite campuses. I mean, in a sense, like LSU's they've got complete control over the state legislature, so in a way, yeah, I guess they could do that, but on on the other hand, it's not like UAB where they're, you know, not technically like a satellite campus, but they are a University of Alabama system school. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you run into that with, you know, uh, in Texas, University of Texas at El Paso, UNC Charlotte. Right. I mean, it's there's a lot of those. And it, it's interesting how certain schools get all the money and attention where you look at it, you know, and sometimes there's a bigger universe. I mean, Birmingham's a, a larger town. Charlotte's a bigger town than Chapel Hill. You know, it's just there's so many. It's just interesting right. how that works out. It's just a historical thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the the University of Louisiana system has rules about how there's no flagship university within the system. So like ULL is kind of trying to call themselves the University of Louisiana because they're the biggest school, like they've got the most students in the system. But like the law establishing the system says that there is no flagship, there's no school that can refer to itself. So anyway, that's getting too deep in the weeds on that. I don't I don't think we've ever <laughs> talked about that before. So I'm glad you're you're, you're putting it all out there. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole episode on this. Um, and we might. Yeah. So I, I think one thing that's interesting about the realignment and you talk about money and travel costs and everything is that that's one of the main reasons we wanted to get tech out of the whack. Oh, yeah. Is that we had to fly the softball team and the women's soccer team and the, you know, the baseball team all to Hawaii once a year or twice a year. Right. Like it, it was just insane travel costs. And we the closest school to us was New Mexico State, which is now farther away than every single school in CUSA is from us. Wow. So so for us, the travel cost thing is like, well, we're, we've got it way better now than we ever right. did before. But I, I definitely understand that perspective. I thought it was interesting, too, because people are talking about these leagues imploding because, you know, 
there might not be a football season this year, yeah. uh, potentially. And so that might be a reason why they have to come up with some way to get a better TV deal or to get, you know, to reduce travel costs in the future. So, I mean, I, I don't really know if, if that would have a, as huge an impact as we might think, or if it would just kind of preserve the status quo moving forward. Um, but I definitely understand that the money angle is kind of the biggest part of this more than just like, you know, oh, tech doesn't want to play ULL or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see as far as, you know, you've got the American conference, the athletic conference that, you know, they so their last deal did not have a, a grant of rights deal, their last uh, a TV deal, which means that. So like if they had had a grant of rights in their 10-year contract, that would have meant that, say, Connecticut goes and joins the Big East, that all of their home games would have to be shown by the American Athletic Conference, which is crazy, right? Like it wouldn't be able to be shown by their new conference. But they did not do a grant of rights, which means that all those schools are actually technically kind of free to move around. I don't see a lot of movement in the upper tier. You know, like I I don't think that there's going to be any P5 movement for at least the next five years. And so I think like 2023, 2024 is where we might see a lot of movement. And so if we can make it through the next, you know, depending on what happens with our current pandemic, I mean, if we can make it through the next year, I'd say there will probably be no movement until then. And then things could get really crazy. I'm kind of curious from an American athletic perspective, some of those schools that seem to fit that conference better than others. I'm thinking mostly Tulane, just from a Louisiana yeah. point of view, that that <laughs> feels very, it's in there, but even like living in the New Orleans area for most of my life, never really felt like Tulane was even pushing the boundaries of a G5 school uh, athletically. Do you see someone like, or that American Athletic Conference, do you see them shuffling some schools down? Or do you see pretty much everyone staying where they are and maybe some elevating? I think there'd be more of an elevation type deal. Um, I think that they would want to continue to, you know, the more schools they have, the more money they can have to split. I mean, you have schools like Tulane and Tulsa that you're like, why do they fit here? I mean, you know, Central Florida has 70,000 students. Tulsa has three. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like, it just doesn't seem to fit. And, you know, between Tulane, SMU, and Tulsa, they're the only private schools in the the, uh, American Athletic. So, yeah, there's some potential there. I think it'd be more of a move up. Um, I don't think a Boise or anything like that would work out. Uh, I know that all the Army people got really mad when I was like, I think Army, because... uh, you know, they said Na- Army Navy game would get messed up. You know, you've got a school like Liberty that's willing to spend whatever they have to spend because they have <laughs> God's money. Um, sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their coach came back from the didn't come back from it. He he brought the actual hospital bed into the room to coach the game. I mean, <laughs> come on. And he is a man of God. He only hired hookers that one, two, yeah. maybe five times. Maybe, they have yeah, maybe. Um, but I think that there are some schools that could move up. But I mean, I think when I look at it, you know, it's weird because the schools I see, I mean, the problem I see is that like an FIU and FAU from a size wise, they match up, but you already have UCF and USF. So why do you need them? And then, you know, you've got North Texas. Okay. They're a big school. UTSA, they're a big school. They don't really have any clout and you've already got Houston and SMU. UTA is a big school. I mean, Charlotte is in this, is a big big place there, but you've got ECU. I mean, when I look at it, what's weird is it's Georgia State and ODU that kind of come to my mind because from a size and endowment and from a uh, geographical uh, location perspective, they meet a lot of uh, checkboxes. I mean, Georgia State's in Atlanta. Um, that's a that's a 
part of the country they don't have. They they don't have Virginia. You know, they, they could take a team like Monroe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it would be a lot of the larger schools that would be the potential to fit in there. I mean, you don't have – it's not like in the ACC where, like, Louisville's like, we want to come, and they're like, oh, dear God, your academics are awful. And they had to go, well, but they're really good at cheating, so let's just let them in. <laughs> You know, and and so it's just interesting, you know, you don't have that with the American. I mean, they've got a whole range of academic uh, uh, institutions there. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, App State makes a lot of sense from a football perspective, and um, sometimes they have a baseball team. And um, I heard they actually fielded a basketball team this year. So um, big news. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see. But, you know, I mean, you've got a school like, you know, just not to pick on Appalachian. Okay, totally to pick on Appalachian State. Let's go. Uh, It's (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. It's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. They have beautiful women with hairy legs and wonderful skin. but, I did not you know, know I needed a bunch of F State hate, but I really I did. Love it. <laughs> I want to bring it up. Like I said, my brother went there. He's a huge fan of it. And, you know, I, I have to give him a hard time. I promised him I would. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it'd just be interesting to see. I mean, the, the bigger schools that I think fit, they really don't have the history that you go, okay, that would be a good school to move up. What you don't want is um, a school like ECU that looked like a great fit that's really fallen on hard times. And you don't want to bring a school in like Tulane where you're like, I still don't understand that one. It's like, I yeah. mean, New two Orleans been getting battered uh, in everything. I mean, they had a good football team this year. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, it's it's just an interest or a decent football team. Let's be clear. What do you guys? I mean, do you guys see any of the schools in in Conference USA or or Sun Belt or even Independence moving up into that league? Man, I, I don't see anybody move up. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, there is, I know there is that vacant spot in the American as UConn is bolting to the Big East, but I don't, I just, I think they're probably fine with, you know, what the 13 teams they got. They'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. And I, I think for a while, I think you're, you're absolutely right about like the markets that make sense, right? Like quote unquote sense. They've kind of already got those markets except for atlanta but i don't know that georgia state has the clout that they're looking for though and right and the fan base even like yeah they're in atlanta but that that was my thing about charlotte no offense is like yeah they're in charlotte which is a huge metro metroplex but like do they have the following no or the the, the like historical built up fan base that like a Marshall does. Right. I, I didn't think so, but uh, Marshall's obviously the top of our conference in terms of their fan base. But um... I mean, and then you also have East Carolina, like you mentioned, one of the problems with tech getting into conference USA for the longest time was that, Southern Miss didn't want them in, Tulane didn't want them in. And so Tech had to play the politics game to get in. East Carolina, which is not the biggest school, wouldn't want a team in the largest city in their state joining the conference, even beyond everything else. Right. And so I Charlotte would make sense, but they wouldn't they would be vetoed. I think Cincinnati would try to veto Western Kentucky, even though that's a different state, but still close enough. Uh very close. Georgia, yeah. Georgia State makes sense. I'm I'm just looking at maps of the different conferences. Like Georgia makes state makes sense from a a media market perspective, but I, it, if Georgia State feels like one of the schools, I'm, I'm not sure what their football or sports history even is, but a school I've only heard of because they've recently joined the Sun Belt, or maybe they've been in there the whole time and I just had no idea. 
No, I mean, they, they kind of came around around the same time Charlotte did. I mean, Charlotte, UTSA, Georgia State, those programs just kind of evolved from thin air around the same period of time. Uh, UTSA and Georgia State had a faster move up to the to the big leagues, so to say. And so they don't really have a long history of, of, uh, of, of sustained success. I mean, at least, you know, Georgia State had a basketball run a few years back. Charlotte made a Final Four. 40 years ago, but there's no big following that I can tell. I mean, if you live in Atlanta, you're a Georgia Tech fan or you're a Bulldogs fan. I mean, you're not a, you're not a Panther for the most part, but um, I do see that as a possibility because, you know, as far as, yes, Charlotte is the biggest city in North Carolina, but it's not a big city. I mean, I live in Austin, Texas. Um, I have two and a half times as many people um, here. Uh, and I'm like, uh, what, the fourth or fifth largest city in Texas? So, you know, yeah. Atlanta is a massive city. And so there is room for them to grow. Uh, but, you know, it's like, why would you take that? I mean, if Georgia Southern existed in Georgia State's place, you go, okay, Georgia Southern's okay. Uh, they have good baseball. But it, I mean, it'll be interesting. And by the way, I do want to. Carolina is actually 30,000 students uh, and they have one of the craziest fan bases in East Carolina. It is. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of students. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and granted they're all alcoholics, but um, (laughs) what else are you going to do? They're pirates, right? I mean, you gotta, you gotta live up to it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So what, what would it take for a school like tech specifically to move up in any way, like beyond conference USA, would it take just like ridiculous, amounts of success in football and baseball and basketball or is and there just bowling? no way because yeah and women's bowling hey we're, we're really good at that but um well i mean there's a path and so one of the things that struck me and it's one of the things i liked about your podcast is that you know you came out and you were like i got to louisiana tech i was an lsu fan and then and then all of a sudden i just felt the pageantry and i was like this is really cool they're really into this um and you know that's the type of thing that builds a fan base. I mean, when I was with Charlotte, we were top twenty-five basketball team. When we we had just fans were crazy. We were going to add football, but then nine eleven happened, and then from there they kind of fizzled out. And when I watch the games, there's there's some fans there, but there's not a lot. You you watch a Louisiana Tech game, you watch a Marshall game, you watch a even North Texas, Western Kentucky. They have built-in fans, you know, and I, I think that those are the schools that can really move up as long as they continue to, you know, put out a solid product because you're not going to get it from a standpoint of I live, in, I have this big city, I have this big market. What you have to have is an active alumni base and a large endowment. And so I think it's it's possible to have it. Um, there has to be that, like I said, it's it's the sustained success. It's a UCF type run where it's four, five, six years in a row where you don't have to go undefeated, but you know, you got to, you got to get rid of those five lost seasons. Um, and then you, you know, baseball, you guys are solid. Um, basketball, you've had a decent run here and you know, you had that guy that worked for the postal service and, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you are though, you know, not that I'd ask you guys to name the top 10 scoring, uh, seasons for Louisiana tech basketball. Players, <laughs> but, Tough. Um, yeah, we just did Mike that Green. Like two weeks ago and I don't think we could do it again. So yeah, I have to pull <laughs> Mike Green is in, like ingrained into my brain. Now. <laughs> I will never forget that. You were so close. You were like Jason Smith. And then it's like, no, it's the defenseman from the Washington Capitol. <laughs> like, what? But, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just sustained success. And I, I think it's just, you know, keeping a passionate fan base. And the only way you keep a passionate fan base is sustained success. I mean, Alabama, yeah. when they when they, they start losing, their fan base dwindles. And the thing is, is that when you start off with two million fans and you lose half your fans, you have a million. It's like with Charlotte, when you start off with four fans and you have some bad seasons, you go down to two. Um, uh, so you're saying but, when Alabama starts scheduling Louisiana Tech again, a.k.a. losing, they'll start well, losing I their mean, fans? Is that what you're... Even Monroe, they could schedule them and start <laughs> yeah, losing. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's just in, in getting your name out there. I mean, you, you guys have that wonderful play when... Who was it that you were playing on 4th and 92? I, uh, Mississippi uh, State. Oh, hey, 3rd yes, and, is... and 93, technically. But we'll, we'll <laughs> For some it. reason, Mississippi State treats playing Tech as like their Super Bowl. And they always go all out to beat the absolute dog shit yeah. out of us. Yeah, but all miss. Yeah, all miss we oh. can handle. Yeah. Yes, but they don't, you know, pretend to pee on a fire hydrant while they're playing you guys. <laughs> and get every not. coach involved fired for both teams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but hey, dude, I, I just want to say uh, I am a Egg Bowl fan. Because watching Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin just have a press conference is... Oh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. But yeah, I mean, I I really do see a path for schools like Louisiana Tech, uh, Western Kentucky. Um, I know you guys hate Southern Miss. There's a history there where they have a possibility. Oh, yeah, Um, definitely. definitely. You know, Rice, I mean, they have a huge stadium and they have tens of fans that come to games. (laughs) Real quick, Josh, were you in the band when we took the trip to Rice with football? I don't. I wasn't in the band, but I went to the game. I think I was living in Houston at the time. Because yeah. I remember traveling down with the band and being like, "Okay, this will be cool." Like Rice, it's JFK gave a speech in the stadium, kind of thing. And getting down there and being like, "Oh, this is it. This is there. There are there are twenty yeah. people here." Yeah. Was I very... think the tech fans outnumbered Rice fans. Yeah, and I mean, honestly. sure, Rice was not having the best of seasons, and that usually contributes to stuff like that. But it was just a very oh. Okay, I was expecting more. But see, you you say that, but then uh, when I was at Charlotte, we traveled down to Houston to play against Houston in a basketball game. And so not only did they have this giant stadium with about 400 people in it, including our teams, the court, there were two rows of eight chairs instead of 16 straight. So you actually sat... Like if you got called into the game, you had to jump over a, a a chair in front of you. Luckily, as the manager, I had no problem getting called into the game. But I was referred to because the the concentration of all eleven of their fans were behind our bench, and I was I did gain a new nickname as Water B Word, um, which was quite nice. Is <laughs> one of my crowning achievements. Um, but they said I was really good at it. So yeah, put that on your resume. They were so nice. hydrated. Yeah. But oh, yeah, I mean, man. so you know, even a school like Houston that has a history in basketball. They go through those ruts, and but I, I don't see that with Rice. They have a huge alumni base, but they're all Longhorn fans. And so, you know, I mean, it, it'll just be interesting to see. I mean, even North Texas is still kind of moving up through the ranks. Um, I, I see UTSA as like the sleeping giant. I mean, if they could get it together, they have, right. you know, over 30,000 students in a large metropolitan area. I mean, you got the Spurs and then there's no other teams for, you know, you got to go to Houston or Dallas for a professional team. And as a Saints Um, fan, thank God. Yeah, that's true. That is true. When when they first kind of got started with their football program, they were, they were filling up the Alamo dome. Like it was, it was really impressive to see. And then they just could not sustain 
any level of success at all on the field. So they've kind of lost that initial surge now. Well, and, and that's the thing is it, it, it only takes a couple crappy years. And, and that's like, that's why Charlotte, um, I mean, full disclosure, one of my good friends who I went to high school with was one of the assistant coaches at Charlotte. And when they got let go, I was like, you know, what the heck? But, you know, they what they were looking at was, I mean, because they went five and seven the year that they fired their coach, which was their, was their best record in D1. But they realized that if they didn't do something to get the fan base going and excited, that they were going to lose what little momentum they had. I mean, they can't fill up a 15,000-seat stadium. Um, and, you know, it, it'll be interesting with UTSA. You know, they got – do you remember their new coach's name? Um, I, I know in uh, NCAA oh, football, his name would be UTSA underscore coach. <laughs> or as you would say, coach underscore UTSA. The man who uh, replaced Frank Wilson. I know that part. I mean, I, I think uh, I think that, you know, they, they have an opportunity, but they've got to they've got to make that – Jeff Trailer, there it is. They've got to make that that move right now. If they don't make that move within the next five years, then they're going to be the same mediocre Conference USA school that that lives here. I mean, their basketball team, Jackson Devon Jackson, is was insane, and they were yeah, and, and they couldn't do it. I mean, he he was just absolutely insane. I, I that kid was fun to watch, but uh, I mean, he's no Dunkin' Dog. Don't get me wrong. That's right. But, there, there's that tech bias coming out again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we we had mentioned we had talked about teams that could possibly move up, I guess. And it, even though it sounds unlikely, do you think any team of this Kusa Sun Belt or even any other independent whatever conference drops to FCS in the near future? I mean, cough, cough, ULM. But is there is that something you see happening? Um, you know, outside of uh, you know Rustin, I you know I don't see no. Um, <laughs> How do I kick you off this call real quick? <laughs> well, I mean, there are some schools, you know, South Alabama's just gotten started. I think they have it there. You know, Arkansas State's a great program. I look at, I even look at like UALR, which just did a football feasibility study at looking at moving up into the Sun Belt uh, and starting a team and moving up into it. I think a team like Coastal Carolina could run out of money. I mean, Myrtle Beach is really great for, you know, when you're 75 years old and you want to play golf. But, um, you know, that's a school that just moved up that, you know, might move down. I I actually see a school like Charlotte, if they don't, you know, kind of hold on to this Healy boost they have. I mean, a boost, they went seven and six. But uh, Monroe, I mean, definitely struggles. I don't know that the problem is, is that there's so much money in the difference and and it's two ways so you know you've got all the extra scholarship costs and then when you add those extra scholarships you have to add the extra teams and so when you see a team like odu that just came up from the lower division moving up but then cutting teams like i mean their wrestling program was actually really good historically and yet it's gone now and it had been around for a long time and i think they're adding a volleyball team or something like that and you know those are the schools that i think a lot of these schools that just moved up those are the ones that i actually see that could move down i don't i don't see a lot of opportunity there uh, rice is certainly not going to do it no matter how many how few fans they have at a at a football game there's just too much history there i mean they were southwest conference and all that but I mean, as far as you guys looking from the outside, I mean, you know, what do you see? Do you see any? T- I just, I don't see a lot outside of a your favorite team in in, in uh, Monroe or Coastal kind of moving down. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at. I mean, it's more. I feel like we're going to get more teams moving down than moving up going I, forward. I think it would be more likely for teams to just end up on the outside looking in if we did have 
a Sunbelt CUSA Mac mashup of some kind, you know, I think they're going to have to limit that some way. And so you may have a team like ULM, not necessarily going down to FCS, but We're just ending up as a, as a D one independent, like New Mexico state. And uh, what's, what's the other one that did that? Uh, Idaho. Okay. Idaho. Yeah. Did it a couple of years ago. So when they ended up moving down, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think it might be like a, like a, multiple step process right like ulm would just be like oh i'm not invited to the new conference i'll just be independent then they'll end up playing new mexico state three times a year until they both decide hey man maybe we should just go be in the uh in the southland conference again like we used to be yeah yeah and you know there's you've got like you know new mexico state i think is too far away to join in conference usa but is utep too far away to go to uh the WAC? Uh, what's left of it, you know, there, there's just, but I don't think that's be anything they do. I think, you know, when, once you go Texas, you stay Texas. Um, and there's too many <laughs> Texas schools there to, to move it around. I think it'd be interesting to see um, where the chips would fall. I mean, I think you're right. I, I do think that, you know, the, uh, like I said, if we can make it through this year, if there's football this year, I think it waits four years. If there's no football this year, then all bets are off. And there could be a lot of schools moving down. Um, a lot of schools we wouldn't expect because I mean, these budgets run tight. And so some of these schools that actually do spend money in their athletic department and hire coaches that are big salary and pay their assistant coaches well, because they have money coming in when that money is not coming in and those gates aren't there. I mean, let's be real, a team like Charlotte or, or, uh, UTSA or anything like that, losing the gate, it's not going to hurt them as much as it would a, a school that's pulling 30,000 fans. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I really, I, like I said, I, my, my gut feeling is if there's football, there's no movement for four years. If there is foot, if there isn't football, then I mean, it's going to be the wild west. Uh, everybody just scrambling for their lives at that point, because there's going to be a lot of budgets that can't be, can't be met. I am curious about one thing, and we've mentioned them a couple times now, and that's Liberty. I'm, I guess, a little. I guess Evan and I are both a little closer geographically too, and I guess in, in a Rustin perspective, doesn't really cross thoughts very often. But right now, they're FBS independent. They are a private Christian school in the news a lot for not always great reasons. Right. Even in a world where there is total chaos, or in a world where there's a few moves but not total chaos, do you see them joining a conference, or do you think Conference USA or Sunbelt aren't? at the level where they feel comfortable taking a team like Liberty. I don't see a conference USA or Sunbelt taking Liberty because I think that number one, I think Liberty doesn't think that they belong in our low tier as they would probably look at it. I mean, there's, there's probably some snobbery there. I mean, they, the thing is, is that they have, they have the number one um, attribute that you want in a school. And it's the thing that always wins and that's money. Yeah. Um, and so when you have money, you get things that other people can't get. And I think that while Liberty, as far as a, a program, they're probably more on the level of a, um, uh, you know, a Louisiana Tech maybe. But no, I mean, uh, not Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe. I mean, they're, they're, yes, their basketball team was amazing this year. Their, their football team has its ups and downs and, and you know, for four years and they've got big name coaches, but they've got money. And so a team, uh, you know, an uh, American athletic conference may come in. I, I don't see them cracking a power five. I don't think they want that rub. Uh, I don't think they want that problem, but uh, you know, an upper echelon G five, which there's really only one. 
Uh, I mean, I think that's the only fit or they stay uh, where they are. So one more thing I want to do really quickly, uh, and that's, let's say everything blows up because although that sounds chaotic, it also sounds kind of a, a fun exercise in which teams go where kind of scenario. How do we see the chips realigning? Let's say Conference USA and Sunbelt merging together and, and separating it or possibly just staying together. How do we see, what teams do we see in what conference? Where is the line? Is it a geographic line? Is it a- I see two scenarios. Uh, I actually see this, this possibility of a giant four division conference, but I think if you were going to split it geographically, um, I know it's a long drive from Monroe to uh, Ruston. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, it could take possibly 30 minutes to get there. But, uh, you know, it, it, so there, there's a lot of geographic help that you could put in there. I mean, Texas State and uh, UTSA are close. I think a kind of a Texas, uh, UTSA, Rice, North Texas, Texas State, and UTEP all kind of stick together. And then, you know, if you were going to keep it on those and split it into a conference, you might go with like the, the Louisiana schools, um, Southern Miss, UAB, um, Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But then, then you go, do you take South Alabama and Troy or do you go grab, you know, Middle Tennessee State because you don't want both of those schools because then you're, then you're 13 instead of 12? I mean, I really think it goes kind of an east-west type split with maybe kind of one crazy outlier that's there just because um, they couldn't make the numbers work any other way. Um, but I think it does come down to they're going to pair up, you know, schools that are going to have short driving distance. And then they're going, you know, South Alabama, Troy, Southern Georgia State, Florida, National, Florida Atlantic, you know, those would kind of pair up. And you could actually have you could have some really well done geographic uh, divisions. Um, and so I think that there is a benefit to having 24 teams in the sense of getting a uh, uh, a TV deal, but then like, how do you make that basketball schedule work? Do you, do you basically function like two independent conferences and then have a championship game? What do you do? Yeah, that's interesting. Cause it, cause in football you could do, I mean, if you have four, six team divisions, you could have five games against your division mates and then, you know, reserve, what would that be three to four extra games against cross division opponents? Right. And then have, you know, have your out of conference money games and whatnot. Basketball, I wasn't even thinking about. So <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare to try to figure that out. It would be. I mean, I do just see a way to make it work in football. Um, you know, baseball is even harder to make that work. I think you would almost end up with basically play your division. And then in the in a, in a tournament, you you basically have like the top two teams in the in each division play and move up and you could you could make that work basketball it's really tough really if you blew up all the the forgotten five conferences all the g5 conferences and and blew them all together you would yeah. you would have some more scenarios that would make more sense but there's no way the american would blow up to incorporate the sundown or or conference usa on a large scale and, maybe a team or two but and the mac is just a beautiful conference honestly i mean it's a terrible conference but it is just geographically beautiful i mean and let's be honest, we're not giving them Western Kentucky and Marshall. We're keeping them. They are ours. I mean, Marshall, when we talked to some of their fans at that tailgate, they seemed kind of like, wait, why do we join this conference? Why do we leave the MAC? They were, <laughs> it made a lot more sense geographically. And we actually knew those teams. Right. But no takesy backsies. Yeah. No, no, they can't have <laughs> yeah. them. And there's no one I'd trade for. 
They get to suffer with us instead. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So, Evan, I've heard that right. you have a crazy scenario for how all this works out. Well, so it's not necessarily just about CUSA and Sunbelt and all that, but basically, college football is not equal, right? Like, there, there are halves. What? Yeah. That, that, that are only getting more, right? They're getting more and more revenue share attention, the blue chip recruits, like it's, it's the gulf is widening between the Marshalls, the UCFs, the Louisiana Techs and the Alabamas, the Clemsons, all them, right? We all know that. And and I think that even though we've got the four team playoff now, it's hard to imagine a world where a G5 program could even make it into that because the voters, the the panel of you know mysterious experts that they have are just not going to put a G5 team in that 14 playoff. UCF, when they were undefeated two years in a row, was like number 17. Like, what is that crap, right? right. Um, so even, even 10 years ago, you had teams in the Big East, which I guess was a power conference, but you know, it's USF was number two at one point in the nation. Boise State has been number two a couple times in the in the first decade of the 2000s. Um, but now it seems almost impossible for anybody to make that. So my proposal to fix it is to totally blow up college football completely and okay. put in a system of relegation and promotion. Yes, yes. So you're a soccer fan. Yes. No, I'm not. But it is the weird stuff from from soccer in Europe. Uh, me and my good friend and GTPDD Matt correspondent extraordinaire Jake Altman came up with this plan. So I'll try to do a quick version of it here. You would have four 20-team regional conferences. Those regions could be Southeast, West, North, and Midwest. And they're kind of ambiguous depending on where the teams would all fall. There would be levels of college football. So the top level would be 80 teams each broken into four regional conferences. And then there would be a second level that has the same conferences. Okay. So basically if you're, if you're in the Southeast region and you're Louisiana tech, you're probably starting out in the second tier. And if you win the second tier or come in the top three of the second tier, you would then be promoted to the top tier the next year. And so uh, on the flip side of that, if you are in the bottom three of the top tier, you would be automatically bumped down to the next level down. So this would allow for teams like Rutgers, right? Who sucks and everyone knows it. You mean Rustin High, right? <laughs> yes, I mean Rustin High. Um, <laughs> they don't belong in, in a Power 5 conference, right? They're not better than a UCF. They're not better than... So Rutgers sucks. We all agree, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so they the, the idea is that they would be then relegated down to the next level and a team like App State would get to get bumped up to then compete. So in the top level, you'd have the top four teams from each conference at the end would then play in a four-team playoff to determine the conference champion. And then those four conference champions from around the country would play in a four-team playoff to determine the national champion. So you'd essentially have a 16-team playoff that determines the conference and then the national championship all in one tournament. Obviously, this will never, ever happen. No. But uh, it would help with revenue sharing. It would help with TV deals because you'd have teams like Alabama kind of carrying the weight for teams like tech that might make it to the top level and then compete. But obviously the teams with power would never do something that would involve giving up all of their power because if Alabama has one three and nine season, they could be relegated. So they're not well, going to agree. It, it is a beautiful plan. Like I actually, you know, like it would be the most 
It is the Bernie Sanders plan. It is just beautiful. I was also thinking Bernie Sanders, by the way. Yes. Yes. They, but the problem is, is that why is Rutgers at a big conference? They got that Jersey money. Why is Vanderbilt in a big conference? They got all those lawyers. You know, why is Duke in that conference? Because they got money. They, you know, it's, and so the problem is, is that those schools, of course, would never agree to it because they, they and that in the bowls, the yeah. amount of money that goes to billionaires and millionaires in the bowls. But yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful plan. I love the idea of it. And, I wish there could be something like that. Yeah, it's just it's fun to speculate about the, yeah. the possibilities. All right. Well, I think that brings us to our last segment, and that's the Conference USA Tweet of the Week. When we have a guest on, we let the guest pick the Conference USA Tweet of the Week. And so what do you got for us this week? Well, I was going to pick one of mine, but they were all awful. And then I looked at yours <laughs> and it felt the same way. Uh, no. Aww. Um, so actually uh, there's a, a not Steph Alala, uh, made me laugh and possibly tinkle, uh, when she <laughs> came up with the UTEP football being the social distancing champions because, uh, with a picture of a UTEP football helmet and then wins on the other <laughs> side, um, which I thought was perfect and also horrible. Uh, and I know I'm going to get crap because last time I picked on UTEP, they got really angry at me and I'm like, guys, I just picked a random school okay we're all terrible but yes uh that that was my tweet of the week uh not steph alala uh mentioning the fact that utep football uh and wins do not go hand in hand <laughs> we i think we're allowed to make fun of utep because we hold a 13 2 and 1 advantage against them in football all the time so i think our last loss so, against them was in 1940 if i remember correctly was it 2004 they oh, won twice well, one okay. in 1939, I've went to PDF okay. again. I'm cheating, and once in 2004. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you know the thing is, the is that I think in every conference USA team is 13-2 and one against Utah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, that round wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E, or head to our blog where we have stuff up throughout the year, and it's been newly redesigned. That's at gtpdd.dog and before i say until next time do you want to plug something i guess maybe the twitter account you run yes at f5cus underscore cusa would be great and uh the main plug i'd like to say is buy those stickers they're beautiful Ooh, wait what kind of stickers oh those gt uh pdd oh our stickers oh Ah, my gosh your stickers ah. you said you have a hundred left i'm trying to get rid of them You're a better businessman than we are. That's for sure. <laughs> I didn't even realize you were selling our product. That's how bad a businessman we are. Well, I, I do have some really cool unicorn stickers, but my daughter would be really mad if I sold them. Oh. But yes. And you Dang. can just replace those with our stickers and she wouldn't notice kind of thing. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys are a good crew. Uh, uh, like I said, it, it, it's kind of fun. I've, I've gotten to learn a lot about the LaTeX football program and basketball program and a lot of things I didn't know. And so I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm also Evan. I'm still Thomas. <laughs> Go Tech. And also, I guess the rest of Kusa, but mostly Tech. Please don't die. <laughs>
Are you a closet Miami fan? Is that what this is? <laughs> I mean, I think he's allowed to be. He was remarkably sad when Tech shut them out in the Independence Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's why I was crying all through the last part of December. <laughs> Your Manny Diaz love? <laughs> that trumps everything. My, my love for Manny Diaz trumps even my football allegiances. <laughs>